Welcome back, everybody, to the ninth episode of the Footy Fix podcast. I'm here today with very special guest Adam Bazana once again, the reoccurring Italian man. How you doing, Adam? Oh, I'm just doing incredible, Ben. How you doing today? I'm doing great. The Champions League draw came out yesterday for the round of 16. We have some excellent matchups, so let's not waste any time. And let's just go right into it. All right. That sound good? Perfect. I'm ready. Wonderful. Let's get right into it. So the first one, we got Liverpool versus RB Leipzig. Yes, sir. First game in Germany. Yes, How are you sir. feeling about that one? You know what? I think this is going to be probably one of the most exciting matchups that we have just because of RB Leipzig's goal scoring abilities and how high um, their matches have been in terms of goal scoring. Like in throughout those whole group stages, matches they're involved in mm. have had 23 goals in them, right? Yeah. So think about that. That's they've played five games, and in those five games, there's been 23 goals scored. So you know that whatever game happens, it's going to be high scoring. Whether they're getting scored on a lot or they're scoring a lot of goals, yeah, I mean, there's going to be goals being scored, right? There's no there's no um, like uh, separation between like low scoring games and high scoring games. It's all yeah, they're it's just all it, mayhem all the if, time. If yeah. Leipzig Leipzig sorry is in the game, there's going to be goals scored. That's what you got to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know Liverpool, they're going to be a little bit injured coming in, but I mean, still the Liverpool side that we know, still Klopp managing them, mm-hmm. and so I think that's going to be personally probably the most exciting game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an excellent matchup. I mean. Both Klopp and Nagelsmann, uh, Nagelsmann, I think that is what it is, the the manager for Leipzig, they're very similar tactically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both playing a high press, a high pressured press, I should say. It's a lot of team oriented style and quick game with attacking through balls, both around the the eighteen yard box and towards in the offensive half. Mm-hmm. And the only separation between the two of them, really, that I found is the, is the talent, is the singular talent all over the field. Yeah. The front three, you're not really going to get much better in Europe in terms of that front three. It kills me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's true, though. And, and for me, um, the only separation between these two teams is talent. Klopp and Nangelsmann are very similar, and it's crazy to only th- to think about how Nangelsmann is, is only, he's only 33, 32 years old. Yeah. He's only 32 years old. So... When you think about that, two German styles of play, we have some really good matchups, like um, in terms of individuals, Angelino mm-hmm. versus Trent Alexander-Arnold, Arnold, mm-hmm. fantastic matchup, both two of the best full, but top 10 fullbacks, I'd say, in soccer right now. Yep. You got Umpa Makano versus the front three, whoever mm-hmm. that may be at that time. This is in February, so Yota will be back. I think Van Dyke is still out. I think Van Dyke still be out as well, yeah. Because he tore his ACL, yeah. yeah. So he could be out for that one. But uh, it's going to be a good one. It's oh, yeah. going to be a really good one. And for me, the one key in this matchup is if Thiago Alcantara is healthy. Yeah. Because if he's healthy, that changes the complete playing style of, Bo- of of Liverpool and how Leipzig will be able to handle him. It changes mm-hmm. the way you approach the game. The guy's a phenomenal player, and he dominates games. Yeah, and he's able to just completely hold down that midfield and really, really be able to yeah. start the break as well, too, and like oh, yeah. get those balls up there for Salah, oh, yeah. for Firmino, and for Mane to just mm-hmm. do what they do best with it. 100%. But it was funny you mentioned uh, Upamakano, too, because you know he's actually he's linked right now to the Reds. So maybe we see him shut them down. Maybe that, that makes Jurgen <laughs> want to buy him even a little bit more, you know? I mean, well, we'll see. If they don't go for him in the tran- in the January transfer that's window. True, that's true. I mean, man, true. you was, still playing against man, you was linked to him, but not anymore. They pulled out of that one again. Yet another negotiation failed by the Red, the yeah. Red Devils, I should say. So who you got winning this one? Uh, I still think, though, 
uh, it's got to be Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Like, I love an underdog story. Mm-hmm. I love seeing underdogs do well, but I just don't see Leipzig getting past Liverpool this year. I think that, you know, even though they don't have Van Dyke, like, Fabinho stepped up and played incredible at center back. I know, right? He's been playing excellent like, in that, in that just defensive insane. position. So, yeah, like, Liverpool have shown that even with these injuries, they're still able to perform well, and they're still able to do what they need to do to win. Yeah. So, I at the end of the day, I just think that their talent and their skill and, like, just all that they have, all more that they have in Leipzig is just going to come through. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a story where the big dog does take the underdog out, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think this is, as much as an, as, um, as much as much we're, we're excited to see two great teams play, and like you said, some of us want the underdog story, I think Liverpool's got this. Mm-hmm. I think they really do. And, and despite all the injuries they've had this year, they, I mean, we're still talking about Liverpool, like you said. We're still talking about Jurgen Klopp, Mane, Firmino, San, or, um, Salah, Van Dijk probably will be out, but that's fine because, like you said, Fabinho is stepping up. So I'm going to say that Liverpool advance out of this one into the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Next matchup we have Barcelona versus Paris Saint-Germain. The reminders of the 6-1 comeback, they call it the remontada. Yeah. So what do you think about this one? I don't think there's going to be a comeback this time. Ooh. I think that PSG is going to be able to take this game. You've seen that Barcelona haven't been the hottest recently. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Accentuated by that 3-0 defeat love to, to Juventus, love which to love to see. One. Incredible game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think that PSG is going to have... They're getting Neymar back for this game, right? Yes. So he's Neymar only, hasn't seen action in a while. He might not beat as 100%, but at the same time, him getting back, he's going to be hungry. He's back on the pitch. And mm-hmm. you're going to see you know, Neymar and Mbappe at full force. Yep. And they're definitely, definitely, I'm going to say at least three goals in the first game. Wow. I mean, you, you do have a point there. For, for this time around, it's different. Obviously, PSG have Neymar. Um, but I think PSG right now is just too much for Barcelona to mm-hmm. handle. Like, Juventus are a good team on paper. This year, they haven't been that good. And the offensive threat that they have haven't hasn't really been performing up to the standard. And they scored three goals on Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So who's to say that Neymar, again... With Morata is leading the Champions League in goals, mm-hmm. and then you have guys like Mbappe, you have guys like Di Maria, Moise Keane, still Cardi, who, as well, yeah. who's still on the bench, but he's still there if you need oh, always him. Always a you threat know, when he comes on. God forbid. Um, but yeah, and then we think about how they will not have PK. Well, maybe he's he's in, he's out with a knee injury, but it was multiple months they gave him, and even though it is in February, it's the same kind of situation with. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke, where he may not be back for that matchup, which is going to play a huge part. In the outcome, yeah. But I mean, Kate, you think about it for, like this way. This is what this is what I thought. Aside from Messi, Neymar will be back. And they have Mbappe, Di Maria in the defense. They have Kempembe and Marquinhos. Yeah. They out, they outmatch positionally every single player on Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Aside from Messi, aside from maybe Frankie De Jong. I was gonna say I'd give De Jong over like a Verratti. You think so? Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I do think believe that Frankie Young's a little better yeah, than Vettel. That's the closest one, but other than that, I mean, they're seriously, they are seriously the favorites, and they seriously outmatch anybody else on Barcelona other mm-hmm. than those two guys. Yeah. And maybe you can also say Ter Stegen, even though I love Kaylor Navas. Yeah, but Ter Stegen I, I, is I, I would give Ter Stegen over Kaylor Navas as well. Yeah, but I mean, if you're struggling to find two players on your team that are better, oh my in god, the starting like, how are you gonna win? Like, how are you gonna yeah. win? You're not. And they just Barcelona again. Like they just haven't been playing well. They've been playing flat. Yeah. Coleman's not being able to, you know, get what he wants out of the players, and you can see it out there. Yeah, in the results that they're seeing. So I, this is another one where I think it's going to go to the top dog because coming into this match, no one can say that Barcelona is the favorite coming into this match, and I think that PSG is going to beat them again. 
Yeah. I don't think you can say. I, you I don't think you can even argue that Barcelona no, could be a favorite. You, you can't. You match. can't say that the favorite. But again, I mean, as as it is with Ronaldo, Messi can carry them through if he really wants to. I mean, and obviously Barca pose <clears throat> a serious threat if Messi decides he's going to take over the game. If That's that decision fair. is made, if That's he's if, if he comes out, listen, if he comes out, it's ten minutes in, and Messi is already going around everybody. He's already got a couple shots on net. We can make make the safe assumption that he's going to go out and score three goals, two goals, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and win his team the game. But that being said, Barcelona need to play as a team, and they can't rely on Messi for this match. Yeah. They can't rely on Messi for the Champions League either. I mean, in the same way you can't, Juventus can't rely on Ronaldo. These teams do, but they never get too far. Yeah. Right? Juve relied on Ronaldo last year. They lost to Leon. Mm-hmm. Me- uh, Barcelona relied on Messi. They lost. They lost to Bayern, and they yeah. got demolished. So you can't really rely on anybody, any single player anymore. But that being said. It's going to be a huge difference in the scoreline, I think, if Messi is performing to his best and if Messi is not playing, if he's if he's just invisible out there like he was against Juventus. Mm-hmm. So that's a big key factor. I still think that Coleman doesn't have an idea, a, a, a shred of an idea of what he's doing at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has any clue of what he's doing there or how he's going to do it or what kind of identity he has for this team or how the team is going to play or starting 11. He's got no idea. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side, you got Thomas Tuchel who has an idea, who knows he's going to bench Icardi, whether that's a good decision or a bad one, mm-hmm. and he knows he's going to start Mbappe, Neymar, Kempembe, Verratti, all these guys. The thing with Tuchel is he's had, what is this? Um, is this his third season? As PSG? Beating PSG? Yeah, because he yeah. was with Arsenal, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, he was with uh, Brusa yeah. for that. But it, we're approaching season three here, and they made Champions League finals last year. Yep. year before that, they didn't make it. So I think he's yeah, he's got to at least make the finals again here. Oh, come on. I don't I think, think I don't so. think a I final, think PSG's board as well. They're th- they're pretty flip floppy. I don't think a finals run is necessary, but I would be really disappointed if they didn't make it to the I, semis. Yeah, but look at their team. That's what I'm saying. If they didn't yeah. make it to the semis, then it's like, what are you doing? And if you lose to Barcelona with Barcelona in this state, what yeah. are you doing? That's what I mean. So that's why I think for him, he's got to make it to the finals here with the team that he has and the successes he had last yeah. year. I think he can repeat it and bring them all the way there. It's possible they have the weapons. So you're taking who are you taking this? I'm one? taking PSG. Taking PSG, hundred yeah, percent. I am as well. I just don't see how Barca is going to handle it. And like I said, they have that really bad habit of uh, imploding after they, they concede yeah. a goal. Yeah. Um, on to the next one, of course, Juventus versus FC Porto. How are we feeling about our hometown team, Bianca Neri? I honestly was very relieved to see the draw because I think that was probably <laughs> the easiest game we could have got, maybe aside from Munch and Gladbach. But yeah. even Munch and Gladbach has been playing well. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I think this one is kind of going to be done and dusted. Ooh. I think Ronaldo's going to come in here. I'm expecting at least two goals from him. Yeah, with Portuguese team, so he's, yeah. he's going to have a little bit of fire in him. Yeah, and Morata, I'm going to say Morata's going to score one as well. Mm-hmm. And over the both games, I'm saying Dybala's getting one as well. So you I think it's a turnaround for him. Do you think he's going to start or not start in the first leg? I'm going to say maybe Pirlo doesn't start in first leg. Yeah, I, I, agree, leg. I agree with you. I think he's going to be starting in the second leg, yeah. but he'll sit out the first. The first leg, he might come on as a sub, but mm-hmm. I don't know if, if Pirlo will bring him on. Even though he had a he, it was a good goal he scored against uh, oh, Genoa yeah, yeah, on the great weekend. Goal he um, but like I said, um, or I didn't say it, but yeah, but like previous years, you know, Leon... Um, Ajax, Juventus are overwhelming favorites. Mm-hmm. And this is their problem. This is where their frailties become prominent. And we see them. This is why I would have rather them, I know it sounds a little crazy, but I would rather them have played somebody a little better. Like I wouldn't have mind if they came second in the group and faced the PSG because they play better against better teams. I'm going to say yes and no to that. But I mean, you think about it, like look at their past track record in the Champions League. 
maybe this is the turning point. If that Barcelona game is the turning point, then we're free and clear because it's, again, back to the individual matchups between teams, everybody outmatches, Mm -hmm. on Juventus, outmatches the players on Porto. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And again, Porto are going to have the hardest time containing Ronaldo. Yeah. They played played Man City and they conceded goals, but Man City does not have a Ronaldo. No. And and if he's on, if he decides that he's going to take over the game, Hopefully, I don't want to see any more penalty goals from him. It's been too streaky. But if he decides to take over the game, then Porto are going to have a serious problem stopping him. But like I said, like the issue is for me is that one, Juventus do not play well away from home. Yeah. And two, the they don't have as much intensity as a team like Porto does. And then three, they play worse against worse teams. So if they figure out two of the three of those those problems, then they'll yeah. then they'll it'll be you know all said and done in the first leg. Yeah. But if they don't, then it's going to be a close one like it has in recent years. And I honestly, I don't want to see that. Yeah, like they I have to get it done. Definitely do not want to repeat a Leon last year where we went down one 0 after the first leg. Correct. We watched that first leg yeah. and we saw like it was, and like I I completely ridiculous. agree that Juventus do seem to have a little issue when they are heavily favored and they are fighting those underdogs. Yeah, it does seem like they take the foot off a gas pedal a little bit and the intensity goes down and then it's little mistakes. Yeah, and then so you see them after that little mistake, they're like, oh. Like, snap, we got to start playing again. We started going hard again. They and then become, they turn it up for, like, the last 20 minutes of a game. They become a reactive team exactly, as opposed yeah. to a proactive team yeah. that takes measure against teams that are, are lesser than them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I mean, if if we're looking at this game against Barcelona as the turning point in the season, if I don't see Artur and McKinney in the starting lineup, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Those are your two best options yeah. right now. McKinney has is having an incredible season. Arthur is has been has been improving from the, the second he started his first game until now. He's been playing great as well. Mm-hmm. So those two guys have to be in the midfield. You can put in a Rabiot, you can put in a Bentancor, you can slide in a Chiesa, Kulisevsky, but those two guys have to be in the center and they have mm-hmm. to start both legs. I wouldn't like I agree with you there, but I wouldn't call our midfield struggles solved though. No, I'm just saying, like, th- those out of all of the options oh, no, that we yeah. have, out of our current those options, are the best M- McKinney ones. and Arthur should be our, like, those yes. are our starting two midfielders yes. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And but, maybe the, the problems will be solved with those two starting. I mean. Mm-hmm. Or we get Pogba. We get Pogba and McKinney in the midfield there. I'm not going to say anything about that. I, <laughs> because there's a lot of rumors about yeah, a Ronaldo, swap if deal. They swap Ronaldo for Pogba. Oh, my Don't even get me started. Oh, it always happens. Lord. I mean, I don't even think Dybala is going to go the other way, to, personally. I, yeah. Like, there's been rumors... And I, and I said this, I was talking about this earlier on with my dad. There's been rumors about Dabala leaving Juventus for two years oh, now. And it's the same here, story every single time. One side of the story, you have Juventus, who want him out, who will not give him the contract he wants. And then the other side, you have Dabala, who says he loves it here. Yeah. He wants to become captain. He yeah. wants to play his career here. What do you believe? And yeah. I believe Dybala. Oh, if they 100%. wanted him out, they would have sold him. There were plenty of suitors last year. Oh, yeah. And there's been plenty of offers as well. Of course. He's a world-class player. He's not performing right now. Yeah. Give him time. It's a new system. Pirlo's system demands more physicality, more running, longer passes, whereas Sarri's was a short ball, kind of offensive tiki-taka style, which favors the skill of Dybala. Mm-hmm. So to give him time... He'll, you know, he'll grow into it. So who are you taking anyways in this matchup? Juventus or Porto? I got to go with my boys. Got to go with Juventus here. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna say Juventus too. And not just because I'm a fan, but yeah. because I, I actually believe they're going to go no, through. No, 100%. I actually believe they're going to go through. So the, sec- the third matchup we have, Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund. Now, this 
this is going to be a close, close one. Mm-hmm. I think this one and then uh, Atletico Madrid and Chelsea, those are going to be our two like really close. Uh, what do you call it? Close draws. Yeah, where it could go either way. Yeah. Um, personally though, I am leaning towards Borussia Dortmund here just for their offensive firepower. You, like you got Sancho, you've got uh, Gio Arena now. You know he's just started for the. Um, mm-hmm. U.S. national team the other day got his first cap. Yep. You've got Holland, who I mean, Holland is basically he's setting himself up to be the next Ronaldo in terms of a dominant UCL figure. He is injured. He is. Though. Uh, like the amount that he can score, it just seems he can score at will. Yeah. Like, he decides, oh, this this run here, I'm going to score a goal on, and he just goes and does it. Yeah, it's so incredible. I think when you have a team with that much offensive fire, firepower. And that pace coming up against Sevilla, I don't think Sevilla is going to be able to contain those three. Really? Yeah. And so I'm taking personally, I'm taking Borussia Dortmund over Sevilla in this you see, one. You see, I don't know because they just sacked their manager Lucien Favre, that which brings up uh, uh, an that iota. Is, that is the one thing. An iota of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jaden Sancho, who's not been performing that well since that whole Man U saga mm-hmm. came out, and then you know it it was re- it was revealed that he's not going to leave because of a. I think it was like 10 million pounds, something like that. Yeah. They've had a recent struggles, plural, in Bar- in, in the Bundesliga. They mm-hmm. lost 5-1 to, uh, I don't know, I forget, Werder Bremen or something like that. Um, and you know what? They're not a very experienced team. They really aren't. I mean, aside from guys like Rafael Guerrero, uh, you can say Hazard. And I guess, I mean, who's their striker? Pablo... Uh, Alasar, Alakair, he's a pretty experienced player. But aside from that, you got young talent, and yes, they are skilled. Yes, they are phenomenal to watch and fast and athletic. But I don't know how they're going to react when they play a team like Sevilla. That although it's been in the Europa League, they're they're winning everything. Like they've won five Europa Leagues in the past ten years. I'm pretty sure. And with a guy with a coach like um, what's his name, Lopetegu. Uh, he's an excellent coach, and he's used to the, he's used to these kind of environments. His, his team has mastered the the games where they're high pressured, they're the knockout format and the the two legged knockout format. He's mastered that kind of game, that kind of matchup. And I think with guys like Rakitic, Jesus Navas, they have experience, they have young talent. I think those things play a key role in this matchup in particular, and I think they're going to win. It. I will agree with you that they do have experience. Yeah. But I'm going to say let's look back to the Champions League two years ago okay. when Ajax, led by um, Van de Beek, led by De Jong, led by Delight, mm. those guys made it to a semifinals. And Delight okay. was 19 at that point, right? And Again? that's their captain on their team. Yeah. So I okay. think that it does help to have experience. But at the same flip side, if you've got all these old guys and Jesus Navas, Rakitic, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are getting on yeah. and they're coming up against these young guys that have all this pace, they've got all this energy and they're able to, you know, Maybe get that extra step on them when they need to to get that ball. Yep. Maybe they're a little bit faster than them getting down or getting back, you know, making the tackle they need to or making the pass they need to. Yep. So I think that plays a factor in it as well. And though the experience definitely will be um, an advantage towards Sevilla, I think that even some of the young players on Dortmund, like Holland, have the experience they need, right? Okay. And Holland's shown that even with, you know, the, like the fact that he's only been in the Champions League for a year or two, mm. I think what it is. How many goals does he have in how many matches? I swear it was like 12 and 6. It was something crazy like that. It was something crazy like that. So when you're scoring at a pace like that, like, I get that being inexperienced might hinder it, but at that point too, like, it's kind of a safe bet in my eyes of Borussia just because, Uh, just because of, 
For me, Holland really sells me on Borussia. Like having that well, striker, it's he's like a he's not a Ronaldo, but he's like a Ronaldo in that he's someone that they can rely on to get them goals. Yeah, and, and he's proven time and time again that he is there to get the goals, and he will be there to finish. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and it, it does play. It does help in their favor. Favor to have a guy like Holland on their team. It's not mm-hmm. taken away from their their talent and their and their chances to win. Yeah, but for me. Um, like back to the Ajax team, they they were knocked out in the semis. It was a fantastic run. They mm-hmm. were knocked out in the semifinals by a ninety-three minute goal. Yeah, and that is where the experience comes in. Fair, the lack of enough. experience is prominent, I should say, mm-hmm. because you don't see guys like a team that's been there, done that. You never saw Real Madrid do that. You that's say fair. you see Barcelona do that, and God knows why they they love to choke leads. But you don't see experienced teams with guys in there that have been there, won Champions League, been to finals, played all over the world. Mm-hmm. You don't see teams that are led by those figures choke leads like that, no, which that, is exactly that's, that's why point as well. exactly why I'm going to take Sevilla. I just think they play that, again, like I said in the last podcast with you, they play the classic, the classic brand of Spanish football that neither Real Madrid or Barcelona are playing right now. Mm-hmm. They play like Spain played in 2010, 2012, and 2008. Mm-hmm. Which which I like. It's a dominating football. Unfortunately, they don't they don't have as much quality all over the pitch at, of the pitch as Borussia do, mm-hmm. but they're still a very good team. Yep. Um, on to the next one, which I think is another very very intriguing matchup with another Spanish team, Chelsea versus Atletico Madrid. Yes, sir. Who we got in this one, and what do you got? What do you got for this one? I should say this one, Ben. Yeah, I'm calling it a toss up. To be 100 percent honest with toss you, toss up. I it mm. could go it could go either way for me. Okay. Because at the end of the day, I think Atletico have uh, like the nod in terms of the better manager. I do think that Simeone's a better manager than Frank Lampard. Right now, yeah. Who knows what's gonna happen, yeah. right? I mean, but I will say that like the Chelsea team have been playing incredible recently in the uh, English league, and they've been playing very well in the Champions League as well. You've got guys like Zayek. You've got guys like Kai Havertz that are providing balls up front for Timo Werner, who's mm-hmm. just pacey. Yeah, he's a great, right? he's a great and player. Even in the defense now, they've they've kind of solved their center back problems with Thiago Silva, who's been playing well for them. For someone who's old, listen, Thiago Silva's older, a, aging. Oh, Thiago Silva's an excellent yeah. center back. And they've got you know you got um, Reese James right back too. He's playing absolutely great. He got the man of the match last time they played Sevilla. Actually, speaking of Sevilla, because hmm. he was able in that game to turn. Like defense and offense, like that, like on a whim. Yeah, right? Reese James, so, is, Reece James is a good player. Chelsea definitely have talent. The issue is Atletico have talent too, and they have experience in spades. In that's spades. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying yeah. with this one. Did you but have anything else to again, say? Again, I was going to say Chelsea do have guys with experience as well. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know. I think it comes down to two things it comes down to whether or not Chelsea's going to score, mm-hmm. because Atletico Madrid generally aren't like. High a high scoring team like we never no. really see them pot a lot. They win a lot of one nil, two nil type games. That that's their style. That's what yeah. they they love to do. That's that. what I'm saying. They don't care. No, hundred percent. So I'm saying if they can keep the game like low scoring, if they can keep Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Chelsea to <laughs> either one or no goals, yeah, I think it's going to go Atletico Madrid. Yep. But if it's a high scoring game, I think it's going to have to be Chelsea. Look, this is a nightmare matchup for Chelsea. It's a nightmare matchup, and here's why. On one side of the coin, you have Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. who play a physical brand of football, who have, like you said, experience, but very good talent over the fi- over the pitch. In Jao Felix, in Koke, mm-hmm. in Jimenez. Saul. Saul, excellent player, right? So they have quality over the pitch, but they also have grit, right? Diego Costa. Mm-hmm. Savage, mm-hmm. right? These are good players, and they and throughout for the last ten years they have not 
change their playing style one iota. Yeah. They play that. They just play. We they they're like I'll win however I need to win. I'll get three red cards. I'll get you know all eleven of my starters will get yellows. Mm-hmm. We will win one nothing on a garbage goal. They will win. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the coin, you got Chelsea, who are all young, are all super talented. Mm-hmm. Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, Mason Mount, super super talented, but no experience between a lot of them. No experience. Other than Conte, which you can argue that he has and, that experience. And Tiago Silva. And, Thiago Silva, yeah. and I guess Olivier Giroud. And Zuma a little bit as well. Zuma, but not compared to those guys on Atleti. Yeah, no, no, They've been on that squad. on this. It's been sort of the same team for a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a nightmare matchup, right? Chelsea... Chelsea are I okay. When I watch Chelsea, I look at their like they're super skilled, and I would not like to play against them because they they'd be running circles around me. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get in their head a little bit, they're all going to crumble yeah. because they don't have that one guy other than Thiago Silva. And unfortunately, if he'd be playing there for like three four years now, then he'd be the captain. Then he'd be the guy he can get his team like rally. He can rally his team, but he's only been there for a season, mm-hmm. not even a season. And I don't think that it's going to be difficult to rally a bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. against this team and i think atletico are going to come out and they're going to hit them hard they're going to be really physical i think atletico is going to frustrate them too. oh that's what i'm saying i'm talking yeah. about the frustration they're going to get inside their heads they're going to frustrate them they're going to be all over them they're yeah. going to be really really physical and chelsea i don't know if they're going to know how to respond to that mm-hmm. but in the end i think atletico's defensive rigidity is going to stop chelsea from producing yeah because chelsea have not scored a lot of goals against the premier league top six this season and Atletico would be a top six opponent if yeah. they're in the Prem. And they're just too tough, too hard-nosed, too well-coached. They play too too well as a unit. And again, like, we have all this quality with Chelsea. What's your starting four going to look, starting three going to look like? Your starting maybe six, you want to call it. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Because you can put Ziyech, Havertz, uh, Werner, Pulisic, uh, Kante, Jorginho, Mason Mount, yeah. Tammy Abraham, you got a, you got a Giroud. Lot of options. That's like twelve options I just list off. Who are you gonna choose for yeah. that front three, or if you even want to make it into a a six? I don't know who they're going to play, and I think there are right people to play and there are wrong people to play. Like I they, think I think Zayek's got to be. He got to start. He has to start. He He's has an to. excellent player. And this is he actually is leading the Premier League in big chances created per ninety minutes. Of course, he's, he's at one point three. Harry Kane's player. leading the PL in assists. Harry Kane only averages one big chance created per ninety. Yeah. So Zayek is literally creating more chances than the man leading the Premier League in assists. Yep. So he's got to be out there. Kai Havertz has to be out there too, just for his talent and how well he's been playing. He transitioned okay. from German okay. to English football yeah. so easily. But what about? But he's been scoreless in his last few games. But That's, what? What yeah, about? It, scoreless doesn't necessarily. Mean he's not he's playing, playing well. Yeah. I understand that. But what about Olivier Giroud? He's been performing in every game. He just scored today. He scored four goals. See, but this is this is a good problem to have, though. If you're Frank Lampard, this is what you want to be happening. That all these people are playing well, of and you course, don't know who to but start. I mean, what like on paper, I yeah. want to start all these guys as a starting eleven, and I want to start like on, I want to start. I think on paper, you go with the younger guy, like you leave Giroud as your super sub because he's a little Werner, older. And, but like, yeah. you, how are you going to look at his recent form and then say, "Oh, I want to start Giroud over Werner"? You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like what is Giroud working for then? And I know. That Drew is older and Werner is he's more aesthetically like pleasing to the eye oh, in that in that in that in that start in the lineup sheet, like, okay, it's Timo Werner, like I want to start this guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's his his stats are incredible. He's yeah. pacey, can finish like nobody else. Yeah. But then you got Giroud who's putting up the recent form and the really good stats. So I don't know. I, I still think he goes with 
or Lampard goes with Werner yeah. just for the fact that Giroud, you don't know if you can get 90 minutes out of. Yeah, and I like, think they should sub him on. I think yeah, it's a really I, good I think Giroud's a perfect sure. super sub because you bring him on in like the 60th, maybe yeah. 70th minute where everyone else is a little bit tired, mm-hmm. but he's got the fresh legs, so his, his lack of pace or his, you know, how slow he is won't affect him as much at that yeah. point. And yeah, because Giroud is an incredible finisher. Yeah. He's 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 a really good role player. He understands his role, even on that France squad. You're mm-hmm. surrounded by guys who are who are much better than you are. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm fine with that. I'll be humble and I'll take the hit and I'll be the guy that that takes up the space so Mbappe can get the ball or yeah. Pogba or Martial. Mm-hmm. Um. So who's taking this one? You know what? Split second decision here. I'm going with Madrid. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say Atletico Madrid. I'd love to see Chelsea win though. I think that'd be great. So would I. I like Chelsea. I like what they've done. Like I like how players. Abramovich has just said, here's a here's a bunch of money. Go yeah, and spend figure it. it out. A lot of teams need to start doing that. Here's a bunch of money. Uh, Frank Lampard, I trust you. And Frank Lampard's been very good this season. But yeah. I, I think that this is a... It is going to be a failure if they lose in the round of 16. Yeah. But I think this is going to be an important stepping stone in what this Chelsea team is going to turn into. Mm-hmm. Next matchup, Real Madrid versus Atalanta. This matchup, I'm going to say... Atalanta can upset them, but that entirely depends on whether or not Gomez Gomez. leaves. Yeah, if Papu Gomez is still on their team, I'm saying Atalanta have a chance, and I'd love nothing more than to see them upset Real because that'd be, A, incredible for the Serie A. Yep. But B, that'd just be, you know, a great thing to see because, like I said earlier, I do love an underdog story. Yeah. So I would love to see Atalanta go on another run this year. Uh, But again, if, if they lose Papu Gomez, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. I think that he really brings... A lot Huge to loss. that team, a lot more than the uh, the board is realizing right now oh, as they're yeah. trying to push him out. Oh yeah, which is just astonishing to me. Well, but yeah, I I don't think you can get past um, Real Madrid's talent at this point. Yeah, like as an Atalanta team, they do uh, create a lot of chances. They are very high goal scoring, but I mean you've got Ramos and Varane now to deal with. I mean, Marcelo too, uh, Hakimi. Like, well, Hakimi's on Inter. Oh, yeah, Hakimi is on Inter. That's uh, correct. It's Mendy, Marcelo Mendy. Carvajal, um, Ozerd, Ozerd Bayala, I don't mm-hmm. forget his name. No, sorry, Mendy. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't think that, like, without Papu Gomez, Atalanta's going to be able to break through that back line. You see, before all the rumors about Papu Gomez began, Atlanta, for me, was a, a sure shot. Yeah. They were a sure shot. And I, I hate to disrespect Real Madrid like this, but the, Real Madrid in the past two years has been knocked out of the round of 16, mm-hmm. and they were knocked out by Ajax. And I cannot tell you how many similarities there are between Ajax and, and Atalanta. Atalanta. So many. And the fact that Real Madrid are susceptible to losing against small teams, they showed it in the group stage. And mm-hmm. especially with a team with guys like Ilicic, Papu Gomez. Um, they got Zapata up top Zapata, as well. they got Muriel, they got... Um, Darun, all these guys, mm-hmm. young team, and Gasparini is a fantastic coach. Yeah, but now, when you take Papu Gomez out of that lineup, you lose. You lose there. What you're losing is your engine in the midfield, like in terms you know? of the, that attacking, bridging that gap between your midfield and your strikers. Yeah, you're losing that. You're losing your captain. You're losing right, like so. You're losing your sense of direction as well, and you're losing your field general right there. You're, you're losing the guy on the field that would let everyone else know what more, to do. Right, you're losing the most captain, important like, guy in the yeah. field. And Papu Gomez does so much more than just put up great numbers. Oh yeah, he put. He's a leader. He creates opportunities. He's got that intensity. Zapata doesn't score half the goals he does though. Papu Gomez, mm-hmm. and for me, this whole situation just so avoidable. Yeah, I don't even know. So this is the 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 
beginnings of this situation where that Gasparini and Papu Gomez had a beef. And they have dis- they've had a dis- disagreements over the past however many months. Mm. And Gasparini has not started him in recent games because of it. And now they're at this point where they're going to let him go in January, most likely, for like 8 million euros. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't know what's going on. And the fact that these guys can't get together and figure out the differences and say, you know, without... If Gasparini, you know, you know take, like, take a hit in your pride. Yeah. Like, go and tell him that he is the guy that can lead you guys to the semis. Because they can be the dream run. They really can. Yeah. They have that ability. The only people, the only team that I can see beating them in the Champions League is Bayern Munich, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because they have they, they have so much offensive power and they're such Maybe a together... They have such togetherness as a team that they can beat anybody in this competition. Mm. But without Papu Gomez, it's not going to happen. Like you said, Real Madrid are too skilled over the pitch. Zidane is too good of a coach. They're on a great roll right now. Everybody thought they were going to be in the Europa League. What happens? They top their group. It's Real Madrid. So at the end of the day... I'm going to say a little bit of luck for that top of the group there, though, too. Like how everything kind of played out for them perfectly. But they but they had the opportunity. Like Inter yeah. had an opportunity and they and wasted they, they it. they didn't. Yeah. Real Madrid said, okay, this is the game. Let's win it 2 nothing. Yeah. Right? That's fair. That is you fair. You know what I'm saying? They did take their opportunity when it was presented to them. Um, but... Regardless of Papa Gomez leaving, if he leaves or stays, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, it's going to be a great match, a offensive match. Atalanta uh, still pose a threat. Yeah, I think they can still score goals. They're still going to be playing the same brand of football. Exactly, just... and and at the end of the day, back to the Papa Gomez thing, it be, it became a, a decision between Gasparini and Papu. Yeah, and they chose Gasparini because without Gasparini, the the team doesn't have an, that identity, that that Atalanta identity mm-hmm. that we've known. For the recent years, so you're who you taking? You're taking Real? I'm going to take Real Madrid. Yeah, I'm going to take Real Madrid as well. I just think they're too powerful. Yeah. And our last matchup of the round of 16. Oh no, our last matchup, second last matchup, Manchester City versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, as well as Mönchengladbach has been doing, I'm going to have to take Manchester City here. Yeah. I think Kevin De Bruyne is having an incredible season, uh, a creative season. He's lead, he was leading the Champions League in assists last time I checked. I don't know if he still is, uh, but he was at four in two games. Yeah, I think. So I mean, Quadrado I think is leading actually. No. Oh really? Yeah, he's well into Quadrado. I know, but right? uh, no, like that that Manchester City team. You've got De Bruyne there. You've got Gabriel Jesus. You got Sergio Aguero up top. Like those are two great strikers. You got Mares. You got Sterling. Bernardo. Bernardo Silva. Like this is just another another case of talent in bundles coming up against <laughs> talent. Like Talent, a few, like yeah. Mönchengladbach has had their players that have been playing well, like Thurium up top. He's been playing great. Yeah. But other than that, like just you look at the two teams on paper and you can really just see the difference in the sides. Yeah, this is like another case of like Sevilla. This team reminds me of because they are outmatched. They're severely outmatched by the talent of the of their opposition. But they do play as a team, and you know Marcus Thuram and Alessane Plea, they've shared seven goals in the group stage combined, and that they pose a serious threat for City. And yeah. to me, if they come out, and they, if they come out from the gate, and are all over Man City and are pressuring them, and and you know they have an offensive onslaught right from the get go, then City will be shaken. Because they do underperform against smaller teams domestically in the APL. What's to say they don't underperform against Mönchengladbach? Yeah, they underperformed right. against Lyon. Sterling missed a wide-open sitter, right? So he what's did. to say—and I, and I personally think that Mönchengladbach, uh, maybe not a better team than Lyon, but 
they're still a good team. Yeah. You know, they still they still played Inter and Real very well on the group stage. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. And yeah, and honestly, but City at the end of the day, like, you know, there's their City. City or City. That's the thing. Right? I one, just... of, one of the deepest teams in Europe. Yeah. Healthy, top, and they're healthy right now. Top to bottom, they outmatch anybody pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's again, it's a it's an issue of too much quality versus not enough quality. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give Manchester City. I'm going City here as well. Yeah. Quick quick interrupt. Yeah. My computer has been displaying zero percent for the last five minutes. Has it now? So I don't know what it's, what's going on with it. Okay. Well, so we'll get this last one quick. Yeah. All right. Bayern Munich versus Lazio. Um. As much as I would love to see Lazio win, I, I think this. Their Baz's computer died. Yeah. If that you didn't one, hear about it earlier. But uh, we were on Bayern Munich versus Lazio. So continue what you were saying about Lazio. All right. What Bayern. I was saying is that I would absolutely love to see Lazio win. Yeah. But I think that you have to be realistic here. Yeah. And you have to give it to Bayern Munich. Sure. Um, I just think that the momentum that they've been able to keep from last season into this season. You know, Lewandowski is still playing absolutely incredibly. Um, Leon Goretzka, guys like that in the midfield, Kimmich stepping up, incredible. Mm-hmm. Boateng and Sewell, still a defensive wall at the back. You still have Manuel Neuer in that, who refuses to be beat every year. <laughs> every game, it looks like he makes it a personal vendetta against the other team that you guys are not scoring on me. Like, I'm yeah. not going to let it happen, yeah, yeah. right? So, uh, you just look at a side like that. You got Alfonso Davies blazing up the wing well, on the Lucas left side. Lucas Hernandez, too. Douglas Costa's there, too, Douglas now. Costa. Like Sane, Muller. You just, you know, if, if you're betting against this team at this point, you got to look at your actions. <laughs> you got to sit cannot, back and yeah. think about who you are as a yeah, person. You, like, I just, I really don't see, I don't see Bayern Munich being underdogs ever in this tournament. Like, to the finals, no, which the be- I, I expect them to reach as well. They're the best team you cannot, you cannot debate. Yeah, they're the best team in the tournament right now, one hundred percent. And so I think maybe their only weakness is um, sometimes, like even this week in their domestic league against Union Berlin, yeah. they get caught out sometimes. They get a little too aggressive on the counterattack, and they're sending too many guys forward, and it leaves them a little bit susceptible at the back. Yeah, but they have the pace to get. That's back. That's the thing. Yeah, but like this week, we did see it in the Bundesliga. Like uh, Union Berlin was able to get a goal against them, which I mean, Union Berlin shouldn't be scoring against Bayern Munich, right? Pretty much nobody. Sh- I mean, like no. That that is fair Bayern as well. Either. But I think that's going to be their one maybe weakness. But even if Lazio is able to exploit that for like a goal or maybe two, I, I just don't see them winning. I, yeah. and, I don't see anybody beating Bayern and, right now. And no disrespect to Lazio. Yeah, none at all. No disrespect. This is one of the only sure shots in the Champions League right now. Is it's one of the only side? matchups where you can look at and say, Bayern Munich's going to win this one. Yeah, I would put all of my money on them winning this one. Juve and Porto, it is a biggest a big advantage for Juve, but I wouldn't put all my money on it. Yeah, you know, City and Gladbach wouldn't put all my money on it. This one, one million percent, Bayern Munich is going to go through, and even with even with Chiro Immobile, even with Luis Alberto, even with uh, you know Milinkovic Savic, who are uh, who pose a threat to anybody because mm-hmm. they're fantastic world class players, they're not going to win. Lazio are going in as severe underdogs, mm-hmm. and as we've seen with Bayern, they play that they play that German brand of football, where they don't they don't just want to win, they don't just want to obliterate you, they want to, you know, crush, crush you, you down to ground. nothing yeah. until you're nothing, yeah. and then leave you in the dust. I I think the perfect example of that is the eight two last year. Like they don't it's, stop. They germ. It's always I've seen this with German teams. And Germany as a national team for years. Exactly. They just don't stop. 
they just beat you until you're nothing. Relentless. Until actually your club or your your national team <laughs> has to completely do a, a do a complete rehaul. Like Barcelona, look what they've sent Barcelona into. <laughs> like Bayern has ruined one of the most historic clubs ever. <sighs> like they completely ruined them. Yeah. And this time, I mean, it is going to be expected, but it's going to be an ugly game for Lazio. It's going to be an ugly I hope it's not too ugly, legs. though. Yeah, I mean, I hope too because they're City yeah. but you got to be realistic here. Like, Lazio, aside from those three guys that I, I previously stated, they're not only severely outmatched, it's like men against boys out there yeah. with Bayern. And I... the mentality is there. They're stronger, faster, more skilled. They're, they're a deeper team. Yeah. With the addition of Douglas Costa, they got a, they got tons of guys that are quality for every single position. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. So I truly think that it's going to be an ugly game for Lazio, and it like it might just be like seven one or eight uh, two on, on aggregate. I was going to say on an aggregate, I'll give Bayern at least at least seven goals. <laughs> at least <laughs> seven, seven aggregate minimum. That's a lot. You know what I I, I mean? Because think about so. it. Who do you have? Like, who do you have trying to stop Robert Lewandowski? You have yeah. Francesco Acerbi and Luis Felipe. No. No. I, like, I just don't see any way that those guys are going to be able to shut down Robert Lewandowski. The problem, the who only... Who has been scoring at will yeah, this as, year. As usual, though. But uh, the, only, the only way that Lazio will get a chance is if Bayern play the worst game they have ever played. Yeah. In the past two years, mm. that is the only way, and that's not and, how you want to go into know a what, football. You know what match. else is if if Bayern play their worst game and if Lazio play their best game ever, that's the only way Lazio are gonna win one leg, yeah. and they have to do that two times. Though they have to do that twice. Yeah. So, no, I don't see it. I'm taking Bayern Munich. Are you I taking think, Bayern I Munich? I think as well? everyone's gonna be have to have to be taking Bayern Munich. If you do not take Bayern Munich, what are you doing? Please, what are you doing? Sit down. <laughs> And consider your options because clearly football is not the sport for you. It just isn't. But that's it. We've gone through all eight matchups of yes, the UEFA Champions League round of 16. Some excellent games coming up. I'm going to watch every single one of them because they're all going to be entertaining. Oh, Maybe yeah. I'll skip on the Lazio one because I don't want to see a team get demolished. <laughs> but Adam, thank you very much for coming on to the thank podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll be back next week with more episodes, again, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify across all platforms as well as YouTube. We'll see you then.